episode 2 of Freedom Reigns, Socialism Kills, and other musings about life in America. For those of you listening for the first time, uh, my name is Ron, and I'm here with my friend and fellow musician, Steve. How are you today, sir? Hey, Ron. How's it going, man? Good, good. It's the Friday, you know, so life's all good. Um, anyway, so little bit about this podcast obviously from the name you ought to kind of get an idea of what what we're kind of uh, talking about here in general but uh, we're definitely free to go any direction the name of this particular episode is specifically John Brennan is a traitor traitor he is a traitor Traitor. I don't mean trading cards (laughs) he is a traitor of the highest order so you're going to go so into anyway, you're going to go into that a little bit, right? Yeah, we're going to talk about him a little bit, and then uh, maybe a couple other things as we go along here. So, if you're ready, I'll get started. I think I told you the last time that we're going to try, at least initially, to start off the show with a little quote that I found, and we'll talk about that for a little bit. So, whenever you're ready, I'll give that quote, and then uh, we'll go from there. How's that? Well, you know, I was born ready, Ron. All right on, brother. All right. Well, this quote goes a little something like this. Two things are indefinite. The universe and human human, human stupidity. And I'm not sure about the universe. He, he said that. That was Albert Einstein who said that. And I just found that quote recently. And I thought how true it was. Because I think human stupidity will outlast the universe as long as, you know, there is a human being alive breathing, <laughs> especially on the left side of our political spectrum. It's, it's really uncanny how stupid they are. What are your thoughts on that, Steve? We say two things are infinity. Indefinite. Oh, indefinite. Two things are, so the two things are never ending. Correct. Basically. Correct. The universe. The universe. And, and human, human stupidity. Right, right. I, you said it better than I did, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you see it every day, I guess. You know, we are stupid. And I always see people, like if you're looking on social media and people say uh, things like, it's the problem with stupid people is they, they are dumb people. They don't know they're dumb. My question is, well, who decides who's dumb and who's not? Like, well, how do we know the person that wrote that meme or the person that's posting that meme isn't doesn't fall into that category of the dumb people? But I guess just for the the sake of this podcast, we're pretty much categorizing anybody that can't understand the benefits of capitalism. That, that's pretty much. What would sum it up there as far as this podcast goes, you know, stupidity is defined as anyone who would think that socialism is, is a good idea, at least in the view of this podcast here. And obviously there are many other reasons that people are stupid, but for this show, that's, that's kind of how we'll narrow it down. You know, that's where I was really heading when I found that quote. Right. So, you know, so, but you're right. I mean, they they don't have the market cornered on human stupidity. That's for sure. (laughs) I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Um, it's like, okay, so we're talking about socialism. Uh 
I find it amazing that the the Democrat Party has somehow been able to convince the its voters that when uh, the government gives tax cuts, that that somehow is a bad thing. When they're take when they they say they you know it costs the government money to give us those tax cuts. People don't understand the government doesn't have any money. They only take money from us. They don't produce anything. So how have they been able to convince a, a, a portion of the population that by giving up money out of their paycheck is a good thing? Like, and, and getting some of it back, well, not even getting some of it back, them taking a little bit less out is a bad thing. How is that? How have they been able to convince us of that? It's, it's because of what we're talking about, you know, from that quote, it's human stupidity and, and people, you know, that are really convinced of that, I'm, I'm convinced, are, are the ones who really aren't paying any taxes ever in their lives and, and they just don't get the concept. And, of course, they will sell them on the concept that, you know, it's all the corporations and the evil rich and that's rich. who they want to take money from, but that's kind of a pillar of the socialist belief, you know, that well, take from and give everybody the what, Repu- you know. The Republicans just put put out their bill, the, their budget that they want to get passed. And I saw the memes on Facebook and, and stuff that people were passing around uh, saying, all look at, look at all the money that's going to be cut from this social program and that social program and this social program over the next 10 years. We all know these budgets don't last ten years. I don't know. I don't know why they say they budget for ten years because every every year they ha- they put a new budget out. So I don't know how they're coming up with a ten year plan because it never stays the same. But my my dad is a Democrat and he he passes on these memes and that it's basically saying that in order to pay. For this tax cut for the rich, we're taking away social programs for the poor, and I, I keep—that's what keeps going through my head. I'm like, how is it that that is socialism? You're taking money from people that are earning it. I don't know how. You know, you can say rich people don't earn the money. I, I don't believe that at all. I believe that they're working their ass off to get where they're at, but. They're working, but you're going to take a bigger portion of their money and pass it down to the people that that need it. I know those people need it. I just it's so confusing to me. I just don't get it. How because it's it's easy to just demonize the rich and say, you know, they're our well, there, enemies. There's definitely a high percentage of what they would consider the rich, who are generally small business owners. Right. who have made something of themselves by the initial investment of both time and money and putting themselves out there. And, and you know, the, the percentage of people that are actually born wealthy who did not earn it are, are, is pretty small. I don't have the exact numbers, but I've heard that before. It's, it's a pretty microscopic number. So it's, it's just been a tool of the left and the Dems for at least my lifetime, if not longer, just to constantly demonize the rich and and just every time that you know people do get tax cuts they want to start that pushing grandma off the cliff every time you know and it's just ridiculous 
and it's it's been proven in my lifetime alone that, you know reagan cut taxes big time during his presidency and then the country kind of went along and, and gained momentum in the stock market and the economy and people had jobs it's kind of looks a lot like now what's happening know? right now yeah <laughs> so so yeah it's it's just you know, to answer your question, I don't know how they convince anybody of anything, but... Uh. I read somewhere <laughs> that the top 1% of taxpayers pay 50% of the taxes. The right. top The top 20% of taxpayers pay 80% of the taxes. The bottom 50% of workers in the country pay zero taxes. Yeah. That seems like the deck is stacked against people that are paying taxes. Because yeah. if you tell the people that aren't paying any taxes, if you vote for me, I'll get you more stuff. I'll take more from those people that are working. It's just so. I, I don't. <laughs> I guess that's how they've convinced them. Well, sure, because decades upon decades of free stuff the government will take care of you cradle to grave and and, uh, and that's what they want you know a lot oh, of them, did, so did you hear that uh who's that um uh, she's running for senate or congress in new york the socialist oh ocasio cortez yeah cortez she wants uh funeral expenses paid for people that can't <laughs> afford it I said cradle to grave, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just saw something recently that was pretty funny to me concerning her. I saw a picture of her outside her favorite uh, cafe or coffee house or whatever it was, and it was closed down because they raised the minimum wage to some unrealistic number, $15 or whatever. So, of course, that's what happens. They closed down, and she was belaboring the fact that you know, my favorite cafe is closed. Oh. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Well, you know. okay, I, I'm probably, uh, uh, I, I probably get on your nerves a little bit with my my questions and views, but I, I kind of think, you know, capitalism has its inherent, in, inherent failures. So that people were able to point at things like, um, you know, you have people on the bottom that aren't making very much money. Uh, what do you say? What do you say to that? That like I, oh, I had someone tell me one time that the person working at McDonald's is just as valuable as a doctor working in a hospital, and there's a portion of the country that actually thinks that way. I mean, what do you right. say to that? How do you, how do you well, combat that? That's that specific example of the McDonald's worker and the, and the doctor. Obviously, it's pretty obvious to me. I don't know why anyone else wouldn't see it. The doctor has invested many years of their lives in an education and some money in a lot of cases to go to college to get that education. So yeah, they're not more valuable as a person. You know, every human being is is valuable in that respect, but. As far as economically and and how they help society, you know, of course they deserve to be paid more than a McDonald's worker. That was that was my <laughs> it's argument. Just, it's just common sense. I mean, so you know, I I don't get that. Uh, you know, everybody is equal that way. And as far as capitalism, you know, yeah, you're right. It's not a perfect system, 
that's for sure there are going to be people on the bottom but i would have have them look at you know socialism where it has been implemented for a long time and then pretty much everyone is at the bottom so which would you rather have a few people on the bottom with with the ability if they put their mind to it to crawl up out of the bottom and at least get to some semblance of a life lower middle class middle class and even more if you just you know I'm, i'm still a firm believer that you can make something of yourself in this country um with capitalism a lot easier than you ever could in, in a socialist country. Oh, I agree with you, definitely. So, in socialist countries, they don't have a middle. That's that's the difference when you you wanted to get to that argument that there's no middle in a socialist country. But right, that was my argument with the uh, McDonald's worker and the doctor to this person. I said, well, the the thing is, is anybody can work at McDonald's. That you're only as valuable. Uh, as, as, as the skills you provide and, and the services you can do, yeah. Right, and I know it sounds harsh. That's the problem I think a lot of Republicans with, it's easy to label us as harsh, um, and, you know, with not, having no compassion, things like that. But the truth of the matter is, is humans are more resilient than this generation or the world we're living in right now is giving us credit for. Yeah. If you... If you force people to have to get up and go to work or they're not going to eat, they'll get up and go to work. But if you give them a bed to lay in and pay their bills, they're not going to go to work. And I've seen this, the, the, the welfare system and the Social Security system. They, they give you barely enough money to live. It's barely enough money to live, but you're dependent on it. And... I would much I, that's I would much rather be able to go to work and pull myself up out of that than to have to be in that life. Oh, no doubt, dude. We we both agree on that, obviously, because we can see that you know it, it goes back to that quote from the last episode, you know, about the, this uh, basically capitalism's pro- problem is you know unequal sharing of blessings, and then socialism's our virtue, you know, in other words, that's what the real core of it is, is the equal sharing of misery, and you know, that, that still hits home with me, Yeah, and, that's a good and it's one. just, a, a, you know, plain as the nose on my face, really, so we definitely <laughs> can and do go on and on all the time, not just when we're recording this podcast about the evils of socialism and, and you know, capitalism, although it is flawed, is still the best uh, economic system devised by mankind, humans, um, since the history of, you know, the first person crawled out of a cave or however you want to look at it. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> hey, okay, so we got a little warmed up here with this, you know, the socialism topic. I want right. to know how Brennan is a traitor. That's well, what I'm glad you asked. You know, there's, there's quite a bit of things about him that I've heard and I've researched. I know that years ago, I'm not sure exactly how old he was, but in his youth, he actually voted for a communist party candidate for president. Um, you know, and somehow after all that, and he made his way up to the director and the head of the central intelligence agency at some point. I just don't know how that happens in this country. So. 
but yeah, so then, you know, he, he becomes head of the CIA and it was my research. I, I read some somewhere that he was actually quoted, someone quoted as saying he was the most lethal bureaucrat in the world. And, and I delved a little farther into that and he was basically Obama's advisor on terrorism and he would advise him on what terrorists to hit with their you know, strategic bombings and otherwise. And there were some American citizens included in that without jury, uh, trial, anything, just they're dead, they're terrorists, you know. And if I don't know if that's not traitorous, I don't know what is. Um, and now he's out on, of course, a paid hack for MSNBC or whatever network he works for. And he just can't stop saying Trump is a traitor and he's treasonous. And, you know, part of the reason that they're doing that so much is because they thought that crooked Hillary would win the election and it would all just be swept under the rug. But part of this massive Trump is this impeach, impeach, Russian hoax thing is just to cover their own tracks. So, you know, that's that's what I found to be true. I don't know what you you've researched into that. Oh, no, I, I actually heard that um, Brennan has uh, actually actually had dealings in Russia. He introduced, he's introduced top-level officials to Russian oligarchs. I hate that word. <laughs> Russian billionaires is, is what that means. Um, right. <clears throat> introduced, uh, so he's, he's actually... I mean, I would like so I would like to research him a little deeper because I, I was I, I just had heard a couple things about that, and you never you never know if what you're hearing is true or not without actually researching it. But um, well, I know that when Trump, Mr. President Trump, had his meeting with uh, Vladimir Putin in Helsinki, you know, the first thing he did was went on TV and said that you know that's complete act of traitor traitorism and treasure uh, treason. treason i'm sorry <laughs> and uh you know just went on and on about it and it's clear that putin has something on trump well he's until recently he had access still to the classified intelligence so if he knew anything to be true do you think he would have been holding back no he would not have he would have put it out there as evidence just like in my opinion if Mueller, after this 18 months or two years, however long it's been, it seems like five years to me by now, but, you know, if he had a shred of evidence of Russian collusion with Donald Trump or his campaign, it would not be, you know, it, it, it would be out by now. They wouldn't be sitting on it. Oh, this gets me so fired up, man. <laughs> I mean, we we talk about this a lot. The, the, I mean, are, are we getting off of Brennan already? Well, no. I mean, Brennan's a big part of that. Well, um, you know, Brennan the, whole, the whole thing is is him, Comey, Clapper, um, Obama, to some extent. I think it's it's all this collaborated effort to discredit Donald Trump. Therefore, therefore, you know, distracting from the real facts that we know to be true. I mean, Brennan was involved in the dossier, right? You know, he was involved in that whole thing. So he's been part of that deep state effort. As soon as we, the people, elected Donald J. Trump president, they've been trying to undermine our will and, and undo the election 
ever since. Yeah. So this... yeah, and he's part of that Russian hoax collusion thing too. Don't think he's not just because he's not front and center player in it. Right. No, he's a high ranking. Uh, he he was at one time, and it's easy to to forget that because he's just sits in front of the camera, like he said, spouting his his bullshit now. But um, we start getting, yeah. we start getting into this investigation a little bit, and this is what it, this is just I mean it just kills me that people are blind. This it's like no matter what evidence comes out against Hillary Clinton or the DNC that uh, you know of uh, of actual uh, election tampering that they just don't pay attention to it. I mean, there was actual actual processes put in place for them to take to make sure that Bernie Co- Bernie Sanders, not Bernie Kozar, yeah, to, <laughs> to make sure Bernie Sanders does, did not win the election. And the, the Democrats have a built-in um, election meddling system and with something they call superdelegates. So in their state, in the, in, in the, I think it's like nine of the Democratic states, or nine of the states in the Democratic Party, when they're in their midterm, what do they call those elections? They're uh, primaries. The primaries. No matter, if, if the whole, if the entire, if every single vote went to Bernie Sanders in that state, the superdelegates could still give those votes to Hillary. And they did. Yeah, there were like four or five of them actually did go against what the state elect uh, the state actually voted for. Mm-hmm. That's well, a, yeah, Donna, Donna Brazil came out after the fact and and more or less put it out there that yeah we rigged it against uh, Bernie. Um, you know she fed Hillary debate questions prior to the debate. Yeah, Hillary knew and, the damn questions before the damn debate started. <laughs> so. You know, yeah, I mean, she admitted it. She was on their team. She admitted it. Everybody knows it. If I was a Bernie voter, which, thank the good Lord above, I never am and never would be, he had a, I would be so enraged. He had a huge so, following. And, yeah. and he was mad as he could be at first. Uh, he was just, he was fired up, red in the face, his big jaws shaking and spit coming out of his mouth. <laughs> and then, Right on, but you know what happened? Yeah. All of a sudden, he says, but I endorse Hillary Clinton for president. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's like, why? What happened? And then, like, what, three weeks, a month, two months later, he's buying a brand new million-dollar home somewhere. So what do you think happened there? Right. (laughs) They shut him up. As a junior senator, you know, from wherever the heck he's from. He wasn't buying million-dollar homes until after he got some payola from somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> and then, My guess it's from the Clinton Clinton cabal, the Clinton machine. Well, speaking of that, it's probably from the Clinton Foundation. That I, I saw today. <laughs> I saw today that um, I wish I could remember what state it was in, but they're going after Trump's um, charity and saying that. He's violated uh, state laws with his charity, mm-hmm. and I'm just I'm. Here's another thing I'm dumbfounded by. There's a, a boatload of rumors 
about the Clinton Foundation, how they took all the money for the Haiti, and they they, they didn't they. Oh, well, yeah, I've I've seen the Haitian people out in front of the Clinton Foundation building in New York, and and just protesting, saying, "Hey, Bill, where's the money?" You know, so they're not out there just you know for the fun of it. They right. It, there was a lot of money raised for that Haitian. Uh, uh, what was it, a hurricane or? It was a, yeah, and but the, the thing is, there's so much smoke there, but nobody's investigating at all. They don't even no, look. And, and you know, there were a lot of uh, meetings sold with the Secretary of State for donations to the Clinton Foundation. Um, you know, and, and you could go on and on about Uranium One and how she sold out. That's that's collusion right there. Bill Clinton got five hundred thousand dollars from Russia to give a speech. Right. Right after that, Uranium One deal. I know, and she, and she sold us out. That's Russian collusion. She sold our uranium interest to who? Russia. If that's not traitorous and treasonous, I don't know what is. Donald Donald Trump does have some ties in Russia. He's played golf over there a couple times. Right, he might own some buildings. Who knows? And he had some, uh, some of the girls were in his pageant. Right. And and, and Putin said at their meeting or right after in an interview that, yeah, he knew who Trump was. But until that day, he had never spoken to him in his life. Oh, that's the other thing. Let's let's talk about Paul Manafort for a minute, because he was just yeah. he was just uh, found guilty on I think eight charges. Right, eight of eight of eighteen counts. Yeah, eight of eighteen counts, and um, I I want to look at it from this angle though. That that stuff happened 14, 15, 13, 14, and fifteen years ago. Donald Trump didn't even know Paul Manafort until about three months before the election. And right. because he he didn't, like, okay, so let's say me or you is running for president. <laughs> and and okay. we somehow we get elected. We, I don't know enough people to fill the all the cabinets. You know what I mean? Right. So right. you have, you trust people that say, hey, this guy would be good in this cabinet. This guy would be good in this cabinet. Paul Manafort was... Um, advised to, to Trump that he would be good in this capacity. Uh oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> but so it's technology not, uh, every every time, you know. But so then Manafort gets gets convicted, gets you know guilty verdict on these charges, which that's fine, you know. He he did that shit. He's got to go to prison for it. It has absolutely nothing to do. With Trump, though. With Trump? With Russia? Well, with what, any of the collusion hoax? I know that Manafort has Russian ties, so well, that's, that's, that's what not the, what I'm saying. Right. That was I'm money laundering. as far as what they're beating the drum on, it has zero to do with that. Exactly. <laughs> and it's just so... How, how are people not enraged about it? They, they still say, well, like I had somebody tell me today, well, Manafort has to have something on Trump because he's going to flip. He's going to flip on him. And you know why they say that? It's because the media uses the, that, the, those buzzwords. They're trying, to right. flip Trump, they're trying to flip Manafort on Trump. And in order to flip on Trump, 
He would have to have something on him. You know who they flip on people? It's like the uh, the uh, hitman in the mafia. They're, yeah, they're, Sammy the Bull. When they arrest him, they have him flip on the boss. You know. Right. They flip and they they you know give other people up to le- lessen their sentence, but they got a lot of stuff on other people because they worked for them for years. Right. You know what underhanded deeds they were involved in, but That's like it. you said, Manafort. And Trump didn't even know each other until recently, before the election. And he sure didn't work together or anything like that. It's it's ridiculous. And and that you know that's the same with Trump's so-called lawyer, Michael Cohen. You know that's the same thing you hear about him. Oh, he's going to flip on Trump, and Trump's in trouble. Impeach, impeach, impeach. Well, you know they got Michael Cohen to basically. Uh, plead guilty to a crime that doesn't exist. So I'm really dumbfounded by that. And he hires, of all the lawyers available in the world, he hires who? Lanny Davis, a Clinton uh, orbit lawyer who's just, uh, you know, I've watched him in awe um, over the years on cable news just spouting his ridiculousness. But why Michael Cohen ever would hire him, I'm, I'm not sure, except you know, he wants to, I think he wants to try to get a deal. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if he'll flip on Trump or even if he has anything to flip on. I mean, they, they say that this campaign finance law may have been uh, violated and that's Trump and he's going to be impeached over that. But, you know, Alan Dershowitz, do you know who that is? No. No, uh, he's a, he's a long time a liberal lawyer, but he's a constitutionalist also, and he's he's been on TV quite a bit uh, here and there, talking from the beginning about the Russian investigation being a complete farce and a hoax. And like I said, this is not coming from the, the hills of the right wing, <laughs> you know. Right, not the machine. Extreme white. Yeah, no, no. This is a liberal, lifetime liberal. They're saying the Russian investigation is a hoax. He's saying that he, you know, he's the one who said that Michael Cohen was advised by his legal counsel, Lanny Davis, to plead guilty to a crime that doesn't even exist. Right. He says that you, you cannot, it's not illegal for you to use your own money to pay someone to be quiet. It, it's just not illegal. It's not a campaign violation. It's not a law. It might not be the most ethical thing in the world, but it's, it's not a crime. It's not you a crime. people, not a crime. But I think what they're saying is that um, Cohen paid off the girls and Trump was supposed to reimburse him. So by Cohen paying the girls, that was a, somehow a campaign contribution. And I'm, I'm lost there. I don't, I don't know how you can connect those dots. That by him paying those girls off to not talk, $130,000, how is that a campaign contribution when Trump paid him back for it anyways? And you are allowed to put as much of your own money as you want into your own campaign. There's no cap on you. So if Trump's that one that actually paid it, then how is this? This is the most idiotic thing I've ever heard. That just proves to me that the government can get you on anything they want to get you on. If they want to get you, they're going to get you. And what is it? 
when did it become that the, the Democrats are the ones that trusted the government and the Republicans are the ones that don't trust the government? When I was growing up, the, the Democrats didn't trust the hippie liberals. They didn't trust the government. And the government was the, the, you know, the right-wing conservative moral majority church. You know, that was the government. They didn't trust them at all. Now, all of a sudden, now they trust everything the government says. They're just right there lapping up every word they say. It's just the weirdest thing. I'm dumbfounded by this. I can't. Yeah, I, I've said that a long, long, a lot of times in my life, Steve. What I thought was right is now wrong, and what I thought was wrong is now right. And it's, my views haven't changed at all. But the world is flipped upside down in a lot of respects. <laughs> I don't trust the government. I don't. I don't trust Trump. I, I, I'm, I'm one of these people that. You know, I had some uh, somebody telling me today, I cannot believe that you are just okay with him doing all this shit. And, I, and I'll tell him straight up, wait a minute. I'm not carrying Trump's water. If Trump did something illegal, he should get in trouble. He should, you know, pay whatever the consequences are. He shouldn't get off of it just because he's Trump. But the, my problem is, is they're not treating one side like they're treating the other side they're not they, it's like whatever it, they, they keep calling well, trump teflon don that's hillary clinton yeah look like willie he got that name long before right. trump had any nicknames and, and the whole clinton thing and the whole dnc that you were talking about i mean like we said real russian collusion did happen mr Mueller. It did, and the evidence is clear. Turn your investigation to where the focus needs to be. <laughs> it's, it's just ridiculous. You're right. There's such a double, double standard and an unequal system of justice right now. They're making You're right. It. If, if Donald Trump committed any crimes, then just like any other American, he should be prosecuted for those crimes. Nobody... I think that's a general, you know, a Republican conservative stance for a long time, not just since Trump came along. Right. Because if any president did anything illegal, whether Democrat or Republican, I know I feel that way. I'm pretty sure you always have too. Oh yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not back. I'm not backing you just because I voted for you. I'm not. I'm not. That's not me at all. If you, if I vote for you and then you do something wrong. You got to pay the consequences just like the rest of us do. But they're making this investigation by not even looking at any of the other. I'm not saying, okay, let's say that that all that stuff that's coming out about the DNC and Hillary, let's say it, it's not true. But we don't know because it's not been investigated. They won't even investigate it. But if there's a rumor that Trump might have peed on a girl in Russia, they 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 investigate. It. <laughs> I mean, they just. Oh, well, that's the whole basis of their whole investigation. It's despite what they say, that dossier was the basis for the FISA warrants. Four of them, by the way. Four of them. Right. To a, a, a spy illegally on the Trump campaign, not just Trump himself, but anyone who floated in his orbit during that campaign. You remember when Trump said during the campaign. Obama's wiretapping my phones. He's listening. Oh, yeah, and the media laughed and had a heyday. We don't wiretap. Oh, 
<laughs> wiretap. He don't even know what the hell he's talking about. Nobody wiretaps <laughs> Well, he come out to be pretty much right, didn't he? He was right. They were spying on him. Yeah, you don't call it wiretapping anymore. No, actually, they still do call it wiretapping. The media just, the media gets away with it. I'm sorry, I hate the damn media. They get away with everything. And nobody ever is allowed to ask them a question, like a hard question, like, uh, why did, how, how did you, why did you say that wiretapping is not a thing when it obviously is still the terminology that the FBI uses, even though we know they're not tapping into the damn wire out on the pole like they used to, you fucking morons. <laughs> I, I would agree with you, Steve. The media has been long, long gone. They are fanning this flame. They are, they're out there with a big blanket and just fanning this flame, and they use buzzwords that piss people off. They, they... The way they cover the story, they come at it from a from an angle that they're not even giving anybody any kind of uh, benefit of the doubt. It is Trump is guilty of this because this might have happened. There's there's no, it, it, it's just I'm in, it's driving me insane. I can't take it. I can't take it. <laughs> well, I understand completely where you're coming from, my friend. I do share in your frustrations, and and it's just not new to me, although I've never quite seen it to this extent. I mean, you can watch A, channel A, B, C, and D on that side of the ledger, which is, what, 90% of all media in this country? (laughs) And and you can flip channels, and literally, you you said it the last podcast, different person saying it, but they're saying the exact same thing. I know that after Cohen's little pleading guilty to a crime that doesn't exist that that night on the cable networks for the prime time they said the word impeachment between all the networks like 286 times right it's like if they just keep saying it it's going to happen right and it's like what are you guys talking about i mean I, i think sarah huckabee sanders sometimes gets to ask them the questions oh yeah but she gets destroyed for doing it Oh, well, sure she does. You can't. She's, she's saying the things that we talk about sometimes. You can't and question us. Telling Jim Acosta that, yes, sir, you are fake news. You won't report any of the good things that are happening in the country right now. You will run with the fake stuff. So, yes, you are fake news. Next question, please. I love this <laughs> fake news thing because the media said, we're being attacked. The Republicans and, the, and Trump are attacking the media. This is unprecedented. You can't, this has never happened before. Okay, does anybody remember all the way back to Clinton administration when they started the war on Fox News and they called it the right-wing propaganda machine? And then Obama took that a step further when he was in office and he actually tried to pass legislation that they could shut down radio stations for hate speech. And they were right. the ones who decided what hate speech, hate speech was. And we all know what was going to happen there. Yeah, all the voices of conservatism would have been silenced immediately. That's a war on media. Now, you can say like uh, uh, that you don't like what this person is saying on the radio. You can say that all day long. But as soon as you silence that voice... That's no, well, that's that's how we're able to do this podcast right now, is because there still is free speech in the country. 
And whether a person listens or not, we have the ability to say it. And that's another beauty of capitalism. If you don't like what the radio host is saying, what do you do? You don't listen. You turn the station to something you do want to hear. So, you know, it's it's just ridiculous. And that their whole thing about, oh, this is unprecedented. It's, it's because of little things. Trump does sometimes say things wrong. And he said, the press is the enemy of the people. Of course, they ran with that, you know. Oh, my God, that's part of what you were talking about. Oh, yeah, they ran with it. (laughs) And then he changed it to, no, the fake news is the enemy of the people. But in my my opinion, I see, that's the other thing, too, is Trump is not a Harvard-educated man. He's not a politician. He doesn't sugarcoat shit, and, you know, he doesn't know how to do all that stuff. And when the when words come out of his mouth, sometimes I think that he he doesn't he thinks faster than the words are coming out, you know. Right. And a lot of times he does misspeak and say the dumbest shit. You're like, oh, did he really just say that? Or he, <laughs> some of the shit he tweets, you're like, oh my god, I can't believe you tweeted that, you know. But in my personal right. opinion, it's all just noise. It's all everything that's going on right now is just drowning out the fact that this is the best economy that we've had in 16 plus years. And it's yeah, a, a generation more or less. It's only showing signs of growing. And, and it's in a short period of time relatively from where we came. And, and it's so funny now to hear the same people who for eight years said Bush, Bush, Bush is all Bush's fault. Now I want to take credit when the economy is turning around for Obama. It's, it's absolutely insane. That's another frustrating thing to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For eight years. Oh, no, no, you must know that I inherited a horrible bush, bush, bush. <laughs> well, Trump didn't inherit no cherries. I mean, the, the economy wasn't doing horrible, but it certainly wasn't growing. <laughs> no, um, that's, that's my point. It's just hilarious to me that now the people right. that oh, I got what see you're that saying. it's true. They'll say Obama deserves the credit, not Trump, and that's just hilarious to me. Oh, yeah. How could he deserve any credit when for eight years all he did was blame Bush for anything that well, happened? And I'll tell, you, I'll tell you right now, right? I will tell you right now, if this economy was bad, if it was decaying, they mm-hmm. would not be blaming Obama. No, he wouldn't <laughs> get blame on the front or the back end. <laughs> Right. Now he wants to take credit for Trump's tax cuts. <laughs> His uh, tax cuts. The regulation. You know, Obama stifled this country with regulations and taxes and just all the liberal side of things. And that's you know, they, they didn't even learn, they didn't learn their lesson when Jimmy Carter was president. The highest the highest corporate tax rate in the United States was seventy six percent at the time. How can you expect any company to to be able to to do anything under those kind of taxes. Taxes under Jimmy Carter were strangling this economy. It was strangling this country, and people were going into real poverty. I mean, you think there's people in poverty now. That and then when uh, Ronald Reagan came along, he cut the ta- the corporate tax immediately. The first thing he did, and that that opened up. Job. They call it trickle down economics because it sounds bad. But it's, it makes sense. If the whole country's working, 
that means that everybody's working. It's just <laughs> yeah, they call it trickle down, and they'll say that the people on top, the corporations—that's their buzzword. <clears throat> they're greedy, and they won't give to the poor, and and they're all becoming fat cats while we work for nothing. You know, we've all felt that way to a certain point in our lives. But you know, once you look at the bigger picture, it's not hard to see history. You're absolutely right about the Carter administration. The worst four years in my lifetime until eight with Obama. They're, they're rivaled. I don't know who was the worst president yet. I think Obama, because at least Jimmy Carter didn't try to think he was dictator of the free world, and Obama thought he was. Right. <clears throat> Although Jimmy Carter, post-presidency many years later, did go to, I believe it was Venezuela, and declare their elections legitimate. And <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, what are you talking about, you peanut farmer? Just go sit down somewhere. I remember that. Um, <laughs> fun fact about um, Obama. They say he did eight years with zero um, controversies or... Our scandals. Scandals. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny to me because I just found out recently that the Obama administration was fined the biggest fine in history for campaign finance abuses. <laughs> During the two, three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars they were fined, and they're 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 in the media now trying to trying to uh, downplay that. Oh, that wasn't nothing. That was nothing. He just didn't report some stuff in time. Yeah, he got the biggest fine. In the history of our presidential elections for campaign finance abuses, but it wasn't nothing. Oh, that was nothing. nothing. Well, that, that's the, the most hilarious thing, scandal-free Obama presidency. That's that's ridiculous. I mean, just off the top of my head, you can do the Fast and the Furious gun running thing. You can do Benghazi. You can you just keep going, man. There's scandals galore, and and you know his rush to judgment. Every time there was a shooting, police-involved shooting, he would come out in the media and say things like, Trayvon could have been my son. And oh, yeah, blame the cops instantly. Yeah, just blame the cops without any facts. I mean, that's the whole, the whole thing. You know, that's why Ferguson happened years later. It's because they rushed Baltimore. Judgment. Hands up, don't shoot, which was proven to be a lie by a known thug. Sorry. You know, that's what he was. But he, he told the media, yeah, he, uh, what was his name, Michael Brown. Mike Brown. Had his hands up and said, don't shoot, and they shot him anyway. That's a bold-faced lie. <laughs> but it became the mantra. <laughs> For that whole Black Lives Don't Matter movement. Right, right. Which, you know, I, I'm... I, I give those I, I kind of I'm softer on that than a lot of people are because I feel like they have the right to as long as they're not out there burning cars and breaking windows and stuff which unfortunately a lot of their marches turn into uh, I feel well, like no, that, and the cops obviously and we, weren't out there when they were just out in the streets protesting they weren't busting heads right and arresting people even after they did start burning cars and busting windows and looting and stealing they still didn't do anything <laughs> that's what we just i think i think the theme of this podcast here for me is we just me and you both just want 
instead of the, the instant judgment, stop, sit back, and look at some facts, judge, ju- see what actually happened in the case of police brutality, because sometimes it is the cop is, uh, is abusing the person, and most, most of the time it's not. Most of the time it's the suspect not following commands and ends up getting beat up. You know, oh, you're right. That that would be, you know, this country would be a lot better off if everyone stopped and said, okay, this is what, you know, the situation looks like. This is what looks like happened. But let's not judge it yet. Let's wait till all the facts come out. Right. And we'll keep a sense of calm and we'll just wait. And if it's true that the cop shot that guy in the back as he ran away in South Carolina or Alabama, wherever that was. That guy's and that's going to come prison. out. Yeah. And he's, he's rightly convicted, and he should be, and that was a horrible thing, but that's not the, the case study of how every one of those incidents go. Right, but also, if you take it over to back to Trump and the election and stuff, if we would just stop for a minute, take a breath... The media will never do it. But if they did, just stop for a minute, take a breath and say, okay, let's actually see what this report is going to say when he's done. Instead, we're getting a day-by-day, minute-by-minute account of every little leak or every uh, opinion. We, we, we are taking people's opinions and making no, that news. And it gets everybody so fired up. The media is just rallying their troops because they're mad that they all, <laughs> this is my theory, they all, every one of them had Hillary winning hands down. Oh, yeah. And they're yeah, mad as shit. They're mad as shit that their polls were wrong. They're just, they can't get over it. And so they're just taking it out. <laughs> that's my theory. Well, that's, that's part of the whole left's bigger issue is they're a bunch of sore loser snowflakes who cannot believe that we the people stood up and said no more of this. We're going to give this businessman a shot and see what he can do. And, you know, so far so good on the economy and, and some other issues, I think. So <laughs> tough, tough shit media, you know, deal with it. I mean, neither you and I, neither of us were happy any of second of the eight years that Obama was president. But we didn't constantly whine about it and cry for his impeachment. We went on with our lives, went to work every day. <laughs> you know, we would still talk like we do about things, but, you know, elections happen. And this time your side didn't win. I've just never seen anything like it. Like Obama said, elections have consequences. He did say that, and they surely do. <laughs> and see, that's what I just hope that... If if they do, if they are able to impeach Trump, I just hope that he does get this second Supreme Court nomination through. And yeah. that, to me, that's that was the most important part of this election. I mean, this economy is like icing on the cake for me. I can't believe that this is actually happening. Right. The, well, I can because when you do things like cut taxes, deregulate, you're going to grow the economy. And when you do the opposite of that, regulate and impose taxes, you can see what's going to happen to Carter administration, Obama, 
and, and all, every Democrat-controlled city in America for the last 50, 60 years. What, what's the state of those? <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, they're crumbling. <laughs> Detroit. Hmm. <laughs> it's pretty obvious to me, and like that, that goes way back to our first points of this podcast. Why can't people see the obvious truth? It's, it's just unreal. How, how does the media and others convince them differently? It's, it's amazing. It just is, and you know, but it is. I get, it. I do get it because I've worked, I've worked in a lot of factories and stuff. And when you're on that floor of that factory, the mentality of the people on that floor is it's us against them, uh-huh. and it's weird because we just do that. I think we take, we, we pick teams, and it, we're we're going to defend our team no matter what. Like uh, the Steelers fans that the, you know defended Brodsberger no matter what. Right. And because he's a stealer, you know, and that's how they're doing with with the with Hillary. You know, they're just defending her no matter what. They just every time I try to bring it up, all I get is we're not talking about Hillary right now. Well, why aren't we talking about Hillary right now? The election she rigged is the exact same one you are investigating Trump for having rigged. Right. It's the exact. Right. It's not like she rigged four elections ago. It was this election. <laughs> But if you bring her up, yeah, like, from the not... start of it, all the way through, she tried to rig the primary, the the general. You know, she was <laughs> she was the one who was the most uh, in disbelief election night. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in that uh, party headquarters that night because uh, that would have been so fun to watch. I believe her having a meltdown. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, this shit just gets me so fired up. Oh, I, I know. It, it's definitely uh, puzzling and frustrating, and, and uh, you know, we, we do, we can and do go on about it all the time, but, you know, hopefully this this little podcast here will, will gain some listeners. I do appreciate all of you who did listen to the first episode. And uh, email us and, and let us know your comments and stuff. We are listening. So if you would like to email this show, we are on Facebook. Um, you can probably find it easiest by going to at Liberty Forever Socialist Never. That's the, the uh, what would you call that, Steve? Just the address or the... Is that for your Twitter? No, no, that's, that's the, the little... Uh, the name of the page on Facebook is Freedom Reigns, Socialism Kills, and Other Musings About Life in America. Oh, there's a underneath that, there's a little at oh, I didn't Liberty know that. Forever Socialist Never. And if you search that with the ampersand at I didn't know that. Liberty Forever Socialist Never, you will find the page because I did it just to make sure. Uh-huh. And uh there is a button on there to email the show, and uh, we'll definitely be looking forward to hearing from you. Whether you agree with us or not, we, we welcome all comments, and uh, and we're just hoping to hear from you and to hope you keep continuing to listen. Oh, yeah. I really appreciate anybody listening. And, uh, you know, I, I do want to, these are just opinions uh, that I have, and I think Ron's on the same. They're just his opinion. I mean, they're based in what we, what we think are facts. But, oh, they, they are opinions to a certain extent. I do 
research sometimes and throw actual numbers and facts out there. And, and to me, the definition of a fact <laughs> is something that you can clearly, uh, clearly see that is, is true and right in front of your face, just like I'm in a room here and I can see that that light is on. So I know that's a fact. I don't need anyone to prove it to me scientifically. <laughs> Right. So, so you're right. It's an opinion-based show, I guess. Well, my, but it's opinion based on a lot of fact. From my, from from my perspective, for me, it's a lot of opinion. <laughs> I mean, I just, <laughs> this is what I just, I just eat it up. I mean, I do read a lot and listen to a lot of stuff about it, and this, is, I try to form my own opinions, and you know, hopefully, like if I am wrong, I'm wrong. I get a lot, I get a lot of stuff wrong. Like last podcast. I was talking about Nancy Pelosi, and it, uh, and it wasn't yeah, Nancy. I, I didn't even can, can, uh, correct you. We right. were talking not about her, but Feinstein, right? right? It was Diane Feinstein that has all the dealings in China. So I get a lot of things wrong, and people, just let me know it. Let me know, Steve, God, you're an idiot. <laughs> well, I'm sure that, you know, the more listens we get, we'll sure get some of those comments, and we welcome them just as much as the people who agree with us, you know, if we take all comers. And obviously, you know, if you say something on the email, then we'll definitely answer back if you have questions or comments that you would like us to reply to. We can sure do that. So like I said, facebook.com slash freedom reigns, socialism kills, and other musings about life in America at liberty forever, socialist never. Steve, well, I want to thank you again for putting this little thing together so we can get our voices out there, and uh, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap this up now, so again, thanks everyone for listening, and uh, the next episode will be coming sometime soon, so thank you very much. Look forward to your comments. Thank you.